So buying furniture can be a bit of an ordeal, but what if you could decorate an entire house from the comfort of your living room? In this episode, we'll explore the concept of creating a furniture store that can withstand the test of time. All this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So I actually went through the process of moving fairly recently and when I was moving, one of the things I decided to do just because I think it would, it, it just ended up being a little bit easier for my personal personal situation was that I decided just to go ahead and donate and give away a lot of the furniture that I used to have and then just buy new furniture to, uh, at the location or near the location of where I was going to be moving to. And so, as you might imagine, as I was in the process of moving, this sent me in search of a local furniture store. So uh, this got me thinking quite a bit as I was going through and looking at different furniture stores. What would I do if I was uh, either consulting or if I was helping to run a furniture store? What would I do, particularly during difficult economic times, and or just to create a furniture store that was successful, different, and that had its own unique brand and way of actually serving customers. So some of the challenges I thought through, and I haven't actually spoken with anybody who runs a furniture store, so I'm sure there's more things that I wouldn't even be able to know or account for, you know, as a, a outside observer. But one of the things I thought of, and that's obviously pretty prominent with everything that's going on in the news today, would be that a furniture store relies very heavily upon foot traffic, right? It's going to be important. And I'm talking specifically about a local furniture store and maybe not even a chain, just one that is, uh, you know, single, single owned by an individual as opposed to something like an Ikea. The other thing I've noticed with a lot of furniture stores, and this is also common with mattress stores as well, and I'm sure you've seen this, is that almost every single one that I've encountered has almost everything constantly on sale. It's just kind of become almost a, a running joke amongst many furniture stores and mattress stores is that everything is always on sale and they always seem to be pushing it to the next extreme. I've actually seen one that has been going out of business for the course of a year. So they've been they've had an ongoing uh, out of business sale for the last year, and I'm assuming that it's actually worked for them. So they've continued it, whether or not they were really ever actually going out of business. I don't know. I've seen liquidation sales that go on for months on end. So who knows? But the the common theme that I've seen throughout so many of these furniture stores is that everything is always on sale. And of course, if everything's always on sale, nothing is. So an interesting tactic and one that I would probably approach a little bit differently as we'll be getting into later on in this episode. And one of the other things that I noticed, particularly if this was something that I was going to start taking on myself uh, from a business perspective, is that it's got to be really expensive. Again, I haven't personally spoken with any furniture store owners, but I have to assume that in order to make a 
furniture store work, you need a lot of space. And we're not just talking about, you know, some sort of warehouse space, which you could assume that warehouse space you could get for a little bit more affordably than, say, storefront spacing. And the problem is that not only do you need a lot of space, you need storefront space because you need people to be able to walk through here, sit on your couches, test out your tables, open and close the cabinets. You know, those type of things are important to actually making a purchase as a consumer when it comes to furniture. So it's not a cheap ordeal. Plus, not to mention the fact that the type of furniture that you're going to be carrying not only is it all very expensive, but you have to have it on hand in order for this model to work. So you have to be carrying, you know, $800, $1,200, $1,500 couches and tables uh, while you're kind of operating under the hope that eventually those things eventually get purchased and you can continue to stay in business. So there's a lot of inherent challenges that I was able to identify just as somebody who is a consumer. And that's not even taking into account the recent news of a lot of furniture stores and a lot of businesses in general that rely upon foot traffic having to close at least for a time. So like I said, we're going to be talking through a furniture store, what we could do to make a furniture store theoretically successful and some of the ways that we could tackle that. But before we do that, I have to ask you a very important question, and that is, do you have a VPN? I personally have had a VPN for long before it was even cool to have one. It seems like everybody talks about VPNs now, and I had one probably almost 10 years ago. And the reason I had one was because I would typically go to a number of different coffee shops to work and use public Wi-Fi, or I'd be at an airport, or I'd be at a hotel, and I'd be using public Wi-Fi. The problem with using a public Wi-Fi is that a lot of times it is very simple for somebody who is a hacker or pretty savvy to actually get info that is passing to and from the router that is being used publicly. So they'll be able to scoop up banking information, passwords, any sensitive information that you are accessing via the web is something that they'd be able to access. Now, this also, there is some potential for this even to happen across cell phone uh, networks. There's even some potential for this to happen even in your own neighborhood if there is a way for somebody somehow to get access either to your modem or to the local uh, hotspots. Anything out there is accessible. And so that's why, if for no other reason, uh, just for peace of mind, I highly recommend that everybody has and is uses using a VPN. So I've done a lot of shopping around recently for ones and I've, I've tried multiple and I ended up settling with one called ExpressVPN. It's super simple, easy to use. You can actually get an app through your phone. You can uh, actually manage your home Wi-Fi through it. You can even uh, install it directly on your computer and it's just a click on and a click off and it works and it automatically encrypts and secures your connection to the internet helping to help helping to keep you and your family safe as you're browsing the web. So uh, as a listener to the Rightly Show, you're actually able to get a 30-day free trial. So you can try ExpressVPN for 30 days 
And you can do that by visiting rightly.show slash VPN. Again, just give it a try. See if it works for you. I highly recommend everybody have a VPN just to make sure that you're staying safe as you are using the web. Again, start your 30-day free trial today. Head on over to rightly.show slash VPN. Again, that is rightly.show slash VPN. Have a question for the program? Call 844-RIGHTLY to record your question, and we would be happy to consider featuring it in a future episode. That's 844-744-4859 or 844-RIGHTLY. If you would rather write in, feel free to email show at rightlydesigned.com. Okay, so now let's take some time to talk through what we would do for a furniture store, right? So let's just imagine that we're going to hop in here and we're going to start designing our own way of selling furniture. Furniture is one of those things that isn't really going to be going away anytime soon. Now, what we may see a lot less of is local furniture stores, but I don't think that has to do with the demand dropping. I think that has to do with a lot of the quite frankly, marketing tactics that a lot of local furniture stores have relied upon for years. I think the more savvy consumers get, the less likely they're going to be responding to sales because eventually it's just a race to the bottom, right? It's just continually trying to appear cheaper while really you're not actually offering a lower price. You're just kind of slowly becoming less and less reputable amongst consumers who in large part, let's let's be real, a lot of people are just going to be buying things off Amazon. And actually, that's what I ended up doing. I ended up purchasing my furniture off of Amazon. And I'm going to tell you why a little bit later and some ways that a local a furniture store could have eventually taken my business away from Amazon. But let's go ahead and talk through some of these things, some of the things that we could do to help create a successful furniture store. So the first thing is really important. And I, I was thinking through any way we could work around this, and I don't really see a way around it. But first and foremost, we need a very beautiful and yes, fairly large sized designer showroom. I was trying to think through, is there some ways I could cut this if I were to start my own furniture store? And I think the answer is no. I think the temptation would be uh, to create an online shop and rely upon that. Um, While I do think that that is plausible, I don't think that it's best because I think there's plenty of people and I think there's even plenty of people who you'd be able to steal who from Amazon because they're able to walk into your store and sit on the couch. There's something different, particularly about furniture that you're going to be buying for the next five, maybe even 10 years. You just want to, you want to test it out. In fact, the last dining room table I purchased, not the one I just purchased online, uh, but the one I bought before that at the place I used to live. The dining room table looked beautiful and I bought it online and I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to get it all shipped and sent here and I, I don't ever have to like go into a furniture store. But after I'd put the whole table together, it looked just as beautiful as it did in the picture. I sat down and I realized that my knees actually, if you hit, if you set it, sat at the head of the table, your knees bumped up against the little brace underneath underneath the table itself to the legs because they kind of crossed. They crossed and formed like an X, which looked very like designer and beautiful. But like in terms of form over function, it was very much lacking in the function territory. So every single time I sat down, I was always hitting my, my knees or my shin 
on one of the legs of the table and it was painful and annoying. And I realized later on that had I gone into a furniture store prior to, prior to actually purchasing this, there is a 100% chance I wouldn't have purchased it. So did I make the same mistake again in purchasing something online? Maybe. I actually haven't put together the new table yet, but one thing I do know is that after closely inspecting the design of the table, I one thing I can confirm is that hitting your knees on it is not going to be a problem. So I hopefully learned my lesson. However, my main point is just that there is some value in being able to sit down on the couch or you know, test out the sturdiness of the dining room tables from a consumer standpoint. Some people may just wish to purchase it online, at which point, hey, online shop is great. But I don't think as a local furniture store, you can completely forego the idea of doing a designer showroom. And of course, this has got to be, I don't want this to feel like you're walking into a warehouse. I want it to feel something a little bit closer to as if you're walking into an Ikea. It's got to be very, it's got to be very warm and friendly. There should be an espresso that's served there. There should be a small bakery. Um, I would want people to feel comfortable going and hanging out inside of this place. And obviously, if this were going to be a business based upon things that are going on currently in our world, you'd want proper social distancing and following community guidelines and everything else. But from the practical, basic perspective, I would want a beautiful designer showroom where people would be able to go and explore all the different merchandise that you had available. In addition to that, I would also have, obviously there would be an online shop, which we'll be talking about here in a second, but there would be a warehouse space as well, which would be really important for storing overstock. Obviously, if you sold a couch that was on the floor, you wouldn't necessarily want to have to go there on the floor and wheel that out of there every time you'd be shipping it out of a warehouse. And then, of course, you would also have dedicated delivery trucks and drivers, which we will also be talking about here shortly. The next thing we want to talk about is the part that's near and dear to my heart, which is going to be the website. And I have looked at a number of websites for local furniture stores, and from what I've been able to tell, most of them are pretty terrible. In fact, the majority of the ones that I was looking through did not even have an online shop, which we'll be talking about a little bit later, but the website needs to be state-of-the-art. It has to be clean and beautiful, well-designed. It needs to have some professional photography worked in. People need to know that they are visiting a reputable place. That's why so many people go to Amazon or even Ikea, because they're well aware that that brand is going to symbolize something that is legitimate. So many websites out there would be, and I hate to say this, but if you have a bad website, you're better off not having a website at all. Because it actually goes, it turns away people who would otherwise, you're better off just relying upon Yelp for people to figure out how to get to you than having a website that is poor design. So the first and foremost, I would want a very clear, clean, readable headline that tells people the benefit of shopping at this particular place. Um, But I would have a call to action and it would be start furnishing so that people could actually start the process of furnishing their house right there on the website. 
The secondary call to action, I, have to, I would have two buttons. One would be to start furnishing. The second would be to browse styles. There's some people who just want to view a nice grid layout of popular styles. They want to be able to click on categories and just look at all the dining room tables. They want to be able to click and see all of the couch loveseat combos. They want to look at the recliners, whatever it is. They just want to be able to click and start looking around at what's available. And then what I would also have on that front page is, again, you're going to have another set of people who just want to be told what to buy, right? They just want to know what's currently in fashion right now. I want to buy that. So you show the featured sets there on the front page. What is currently trending? What's in season? What's the most popular? What's the newest from popular brands? That sort of thing. But in terms of that main CTA that says start furnishing, what I would have is I would work with a... uh, professional VR company and I would do a virtual furnishing tool so that the first thing that people would be able to do optionally would be to sign up to create a free account and the free account would be because you would get to upload and then save these things to your account which we'll talk about why that's significant later for you as the business owner for people who are signing up for a free account guess what you're doing in that process if you've been listening to the show for the last few weeks you know You're going to be building an email list, which is so super important. You're going to have email addresses connected with those accounts, which are going to be super important later. How's that going to be important later? That's going to be an email list that you can do follow-up reminders. Uh, You can do, uh, if you do discounts, I don't like discounts. I would not recommend it, but if that was what you were going to do. There's certain, certain businesses wherein I think discounts are more understandable than others. Again, I don't like doing it. I don't like competing on price, but if you were to do that, you could technically do that via email. The point is, is that you want to be collecting email addresses so that as you are moving forward and determining your marketing, uh, your marketing plan, you always have that list of prospects from whom you can uh, hopefully start to draw out sales in some way. So again, I wouldn't recommend doing a sale, but what I would, would recommend is maybe if somebody had viewed a particular couch, you could send them an email. Uh, saying that we've only got two left in stock. Do you still want this couch? Uh, you don't necessarily put it on uh, on sale, but what you are doing is you're you're adding some scarcity to it. You're helping to motivate that person, make a decision on whether or not they want that couch. So having that person's email address is going to enable you to do that or something similar in the future. Okay, so how would this vir- virtual furnishing tool work? There's apps out there, I think, that do something fairly similar to this. However, I would integrate this into the business itself, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But here's what you do. You take a photo of your empty living room of the house you just just bought or rented or the apartment, right? You just take a photo of the room. And then what you do is using our 3D tool, you get to pick from all the couches or uh, china sets or from the dining room table and you get to add it to that room and you can move it around and the tool would be able to recognize the 3d perspective of that particular room and somewhat uh help uh, guesstimate the size obviously you have a little thing on there that said not 100 percent accurate to scale please measure before you purchase uh, any of these items but that would enable them to fill a room virtually and digitally so they'd be able to put the couch here the love seat here the recliner here the tv goes here the the coffee table goes here bookshelf over here and these would all be items that were available uh from your 
a furniture store, your online shop, right? So then what they'd be able to do, and once they've finished this virtual rendering, they'd be able to save it to their account, remember, because they wanted them to create a free account, save it to their account. And then here's the important part, they can share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any social network, they could share it on uh, Pinterest or Tumblr, wherever they wanted to share it and get their friend's opinion, right? So what does this do? This instantly, because of course, as they save the image, it would say at the bottom right hand corner, let's say it was my furniture store, let's say McGee's furniture, something like that, Thomas's furniture, it would say that in a nice little stamped watermarked logo in the bottom right hand corner. And then it would have a link where people could go and they could decorate their own furniture. Now, here's the great thing about this tool. This could be a tool that people would use 100% for fun. They could just use it because they're bored. They could go in, create a free account. So you're continually building a prospect list with this tool simply because people find it fun and want to share their different decorations online. And here's what's going to happen. Just having a a little inclination of how the internet works, people are going to do really goofy stuff. They're going to make walls like castle walls out of bookshelves. They're going to make forts. They're going to try to do things that are outside the box. And you as a business owner, you're totally fine with that because all that's happening through the use of this 3D uh, room furnishing tool is that you're getting exposure to your business for free. Now, this tool up front probably wouldn't be very cheap to create, but it is possible. Again, like I said, there are similar apps that exist right now that you can use your smartphone. And I would probably adopt this as well into the business is that people can just take a a photo or use the camera on their phone and actually superimpose furniture onto what they're viewing live in their house. I would incorporate that as well. Part of why I lend lend it to the the 3D virtual static image is that I think that that's much more likely to get shared. And something that gets shared essentially for you as a business owner is free advertising. So I would focus upon that first, but I would want it to be simple to go in there and create a virtual 3D rendering using whatever room that you have in your house to furnish it using the things available through our shop. Okay, so the next step, let's say that we've gone through and we have furnished all of the different rooms in our house. We've gone through, we've used this 3D virtual digital tool. I created a poll on Facebook asking all my friends who, uh, what arrangements they thought were the best. They all voted like, okay, everybody likes this arrangement the best. So now what happens? So then either via email or somewhere in my account on this furniture store's website, what I would do is I would have a place where people can schedule an appointment. What is this appointment for? This appointment is so that somebody can go into the furniture store and actually sit on the couch that they have added to their virtual living room. They can actually sit at the dining room table. Going back to what I said earlier, it's going to be really important that for a lot of customers, some customers may be okay to just purchase these things online, but for those who want to be able to see it and sit on it beforehand, particularly if we're talking about a local furniture store, which we are, that's going to be really important. So you schedule your appointment, say next Tuesday at 3 p.m., you show up. So what you're going to do is you're going to walk up to the front desk. There's going to be a warm, friendly person with an iPad who's going to say, Oh, hello, Mark, or hello, Sally. Yeah, let's go take a look at the furniture that you found interesting. They're going to pull up your account. They're going to see all the photos that you created, and they're going to walk you to uh, uh, each couch, each table, each bookcase that you have added to your cart or that you've added to those 3D renderings, and they're going to show you them. 
And then what this person is also going to do, this person is going to be professionally trained. It's going to say, you know what, that color wall that you have, have you considered this couch? This couch might actually match a little bit better. And you'll either say, nah, I like what I picked. Or you'll be like, sure, let's check it out. So you'll go and you'll sit on the couch and you'll say, you know what? Actually, this is even more comfortable than the one that I picked out. And then the person will say, well, that's great. Let's go ahead and swap it out. So she'll actually just right there on the iPad, swap out on the digital uh, on the digital 3D rendered image, one couch for another, show it to you. And you're like, oh, you know what? That does look better. So there you go. You've got an upsell uh, ability or not even necessarily an upsell. We might not even be talking about a couch that's more expensive. Essentially, it's a customer service thing where you're just ending up with a better couch. Remember, the goal here isn't as a business necessarily to try and squeeze every penny out of the customer. The goal is to create a customer experience that's so significantly better than the competitors that people are willing to pay more for the service than they would be otherwise. So again, it's kind of a Zappos type approach to customer service. So sure, if somebody came in and they wanted to know where the local Taco Bell was, sure, we'd help you with that. But the whole idea here is that it's super simple. They walk you through it. You'd be able to see right there on the iPad. Yeah, I do like that. And then they could, and then you would be able to have access to that image as well. So if you wanted to, after your shopping experience, or even directly from your phone, you could just, you know, post that to Instagram or something like that. So then what they could do is as you go through, you've sat on the couches, you've uh, taken a close look and inspected the bookshelf you wanted to purchase, then that person directly from that iPad could just place that order for you, or you could actually, you know, you'll have Square, and you'll be able to actually have your credit card swiped and all of that to make and finalize that purchase. Uh, so that would be really important. So then you could get back to your house and then you could pull up your account, like I said, share that image that, that the person, the professional there helping you would be able to actually go through and help you with. So it's a little bit kind of like the Apple Genius. You could kind of think of it like the Genius Bar, that sort of thing. Although rather than having tech support, you've got a person sitting there who's helping you furnish, uh, furnish your house using that virtual tool. You could also just kind of walk in at any point in time as well. And then using your phone, uh, what I would probably do is I know they're kind of old school. I would still have them, but I would have QR codes there that people could just scan to take them straight to the page on their, you know, on their web browser to create a free account so they could start virtually uh, collecting furniture that they liked adding it to a list where and when they got back home, they could take those items that they bookmarked that they saw in person. They remember I sat in this couch, it was really comfortable. So you could do the reverse. You could start at home taking pictures of your empty rooms or even furnished rooms that you want to maybe, you know, refresh. Uh, or you could do the reverse and you could go into the furniture store first, uh, add to a list all of the pieces of furniture you liked, and then go home and take pictures of your house, of your empty rooms, and start furnishing it that way. So after going through and purchasing that way, we then would, of course, and this is going to fall in line with what a lot of furniture stores do now, which is going to be free local delivery, right? So at first, I probably wouldn't be a furniture store that would offer national delivery. That would be a bear. That would be extremely expensive. And there's a reason why Amazon exists, because they have an infrastructure in place that enables them to do national delivery. So what we'd probably have is a collection of uh, 
branded beautiful trucks with super helpful delivery drivers who'd be able to uh, work with you. And again, this would be done through the website where somebody could then schedule a time for free local delivery. So again, it could be maybe that following Thursday since we went through, we went into our imaginary uh, furniture store on a Tuesday. Maybe we purchase it. And then two days later on that Thursday at noon, we're going to have our delivery made. Again, the great thing is that these delivery drivers are going to have, because you went through the checkout process, you finalized where these, how these things were going to be uh, placed within your house. That delivery driver is going to show up. There's going to be a team of guys, two, maybe three guys, are going to have that iPad access to your account. You're going to see exactly how you want these things set up. So you could actually, we would have a service. We could pay extra to have them assemble the, the dining room table for you. Or if it's something like a couch that doesn't need to be assembled, they'll just look at that iPad and then they'll say, oh, okay, it needs to go here. They'll set it in the proper place. And then, of course, listen to any additional directions that you have. So again, rather than just kind of uh, having a disjointed delivery service, you know, something that's completely different from the, the buying process, it again will go along with that. They'll have access to all the same information that you do in order to make sure that the everything from the buying experience to the delivery would be as smooth as possible. And then, of course, what I would also offer is an optional free pickup. So sometimes folks just like the hands-on. They like to do it themselves. They like, they've got a pickup truck so they can just kind of drive out there. And then, of course, we would have a team ready to go who would help you strap it down properly and make sure that everything was up to code so that you could drive down the street with this couch and not be worried about it, you know, flying out, as has happened many times in the past. Um, So, yeah, so we go through that whole process, making sure that from the time that the person first accesses the website all the way to the point where they're getting it delivered to their house, it would be a very strong and... uh, very simple user experience. One of the other things that I would probably do, and this is a kind of a, a side note, something that isn't necessarily essential, but as I was building this furniture store brand, one of the things that would I would probably pursue eventually is a custom line of furniture, of bookcases, of dining room tables and couches, particularly because if you're going to be working directly with a manufacturer, you're A, you're going to be able to get a better profit margin as opposed to buying something that already exists and then marking up the price. Uh, You're going to get a better profit margin, but also it'll give you some flexibility to actually create something that maybe the market needs. Maybe there is a type of couch that isn't being created or not created well, or you see kind of a hole in the market, or you see something that could be done better. Maybe couches that are bigger dining room tables that have different shapes, maybe more modern, maybe more traditional. Uh, But having, I think, a a custom line of furniture would be a good idea, particularly from the standpoint of it's a good idea because what is always a risk and why this would have to be tackled in some way is that people could go through the process of buying your couch or or using your app, uh, using the 3D rendering tool, the virtual uh, tool that would be built into the website. They could go through that whole process. They could add everything to the list. They could use everything that you've created, show up and schedule an appointment, sit down on all the couches. And then once they've made their decision, they could just leave and go buy it on Amazon, right? So that's always something that you would have to be cognizant of 
as a business owner, it's very possible for people to do that. Now, what people do miss out on, of course, is that great, friendly customer service that comes aligned with the delivery process. So they do miss out on that. However, if you have a custom line of furniture, at least to some degree, and again, this could even be a smaller amount, like this could be 10% of your inventory. However, if you've got a custom line of furniture, the great advantage that you have, if it's very well made, if it's well tailored, if it's unique, if it's not just a cookie cutter or a knockoff of somebody else's, you're going to have the advantage of knowing that if somebody picks the couch that you manufacture that comes specifically from your uh from your line of furniture, you know 100% certainly that they're not going to be able to go and buy that on Amazon. So that's helpful to know that that's something that you specifically own. And I recommend something like that for every business owner, right? If you do an online course, I know a number of different uh, online professionals out there who they rely almost wholly upon Amazon affiliate links, which is like, that's a great way to add a little extra income. But if Amazon does like they recently did cut or slash the amount that you're going to make on every referral, there's nothing you can do about that because you're essentially selling other people's products. Whereas if you have your own product that they can only get from you, then there's no way for them to undercut you or you have to worry about losing that revenue. So in a similar vein, I would do something like that in a furniture store. Again, I don't know all the specifics. I'm sure it's very difficult to go through the process of getting a design and a manufacturer uh, custom furniture made. So I'm sure that's a huge process. But if at all possible, that's something I would definitely work in. So one of the last things I wanted to touch on though today is what a furniture store could do now. Because as I touched on at the beginning of this episode, I personally needed some furniture. And uh, my first reaction, the first thing I wanted to do was to shop local. I did not want to go to Amazon. I love supporting local businesses, particularly those smaller ones. But I uh, I actually, as I got to this area, uh, I got here about the time that the quarantine was in practice. So a lot of foot traffic businesses were shut down. You couldn't go into them. So I was like, well, that's okay. I'm sure these a lot of these folks have websites. But I went to multiple different websites and I found out that they didn't, uh, they didn't have online shops. Like there wasn't actually a physical way. And I kept thinking to myself, let's erase this whole situation. Let's erase the fact that for a time that these businesses are forced to close. Even if that wasn't the case, there is absolutely no reason why a local furniture store should not, uh, does not have a website these days. It just shouldn't even be an option. So if you've got an inventory, so here's some of the steps that you could take. So somebody was, you know, running a furniture store and they're like, you know, what? I need to add a website because here's the thing. You don't know how many people, perhaps even myself, are willing to make a purchase from you without ever having step set foot inside your doors. Actually, the furniture I bought, not this time, but several years ago, I bought from a local furniture store um, without even having going, uh, having gone in there. So after I had picked it out online, I did go and sit on the couch to make sure that I liked it. It was great, so I purchased it. But again, you just don't know how many how many potential sales you're missing out on. Again, erasing the whole pandemic issue, um, how many sales you're missing out on as a, as a, you know, for not having an online shop. So it's really important and obviously even more important now because you'd still be able to be making sales 
if you had an online shop. So that's one big part of it. But without getting into all the details, because this could be a whole series of episodes all by itself, you could literally create a free or a very affordable self-hosted WooCommerce online shop. They've actually got a free WordPress theme that you could use called uh, Storefront, I believe is what it's called. But you could actually go in there, create a free online shop. Again, you'd have to pay for hosting. You could actually manage your inventory. You could just upload photos of each of the different, you just go throughout your shop. Again, this would take a lot of time. You have to go through there and add inventory. You'd have to add photos. But you get a place for people where you could schedule local delivery or even have it shipped nationally if you wanted to. A lot of options there. But I think one of the big takeaways, regardless of anything else, if you've got a brick and mortar shop right now, uh, or if you're planning on starting one, there is literally no reason not to have an online shop. Um, it is so pivotal in today's digital age. Okay, so that's it. That's all I wanted to cover on this episode. I just wanted to kind of run through some initial interesting ideas that I had as I was thinking through what would I do if I were going to be running or consulting a furniture store. As always, the idea here is to just kind of provide a little bit of a sketchbook for you, ideas that we could take and apply to our own businesses because innovation is something that can apply to literally any business. So if you have any other ideas, if you have some ways that either in this episode or another episode, there are some thoughts or ways to improve upon particular businesses that I've covered, you're always welcome to call in or you're welcome to record a question or a comment for the show. Again, if you've got your own business and you, or a business idea and you just want to hear some free ideas, uh, thoughts or feedback or ideas uh, to how to make that business even more successful in the process of building a brand, you are always welcome to call in at 844-RIGHTLY and record a question for the show. You can also do it through your web browser or on your phone if you go to rightly.show slash question. So again, I'm always happy to hear from you and I'm always happy to consider taking your questions and comments and, uh, and applying them to a full length episode. So as always, if you're finding the Rightly Show helpful or useful in any way, I always do appreciate it. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts, you can just go to rightly.show slash Apple. Leave us a review there. We always do appreciate it. And until next time, go out there and create a brand that is truly remarkable. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.